Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be jumping ahead with a viewer request for TKC for car. I'm posting this earlier than usual because some viewers have mentioned wanting to get back into season one, and I'm pretty eager to get back to season one where I left off with episode four. So this weekend's episode will be the next episode in season one, season one, episode four, titled Third Wife and Labor, in case you want to check it out ahead of time. But today, I'll be covering a viewer request again for TKC for Car. Uh, it's season eight, episode two, A Family Meltdown. And I think this episode will have a lot in it to really dig into and comment on. I know it will definitely be more fun and a little lighter than the last episode with Truly's kidney failure that was requested. It was a harrowing ordeal for Truly and for a three-year-old to make it through that, that's a fighter with some strong will and a walking miracle. I think Truly rocks and I also love the scene and I know I've mentioned this before, but I love the scene when Truly told Cody, who was teaching her to ride a bike a little in over insistently, when she felt reluctant and she felt unsafe and understandably uncomfortable and anxious about it. And she said something akin to, it's my body, it's my choice. And I love the way that she stood up for herself and she set her boundaries and she set her comfort level. And she seems to have a very free spirit and she seems spunky and very smart and articulate. And I think it's awesome. Also, everyone, please check out Christine's cooking show, Cooking with Just Christine on TLC's website every Sunday and also on TLC's Instagram page. I think that it's really fulfilling to be able to succeed at doing what you love in life, whatever your passion is. And it's such a simple thing to do to just watch her shows and give her some clicks and views. And they're posted free without login because if she gets enough interest, Christine will get her own TV show on TLC, perhaps, and a better kitchen to cook in. And although this is a tad idealistic of me and probably for most people, I know I'm kind of a free-spirited hippie type at heart and I know we don't live in a world where everyone gets to make a living doing something that they love and that they enjoy and that they're passionate about. And I really think it's a simple thing to just watch every now and then because if the interest is there, it's nice to, that someone may get to succeed at what their dream is and what their passion is. Maybe that's too deep, but if Christine gets enough views and interest, she actually gets to get a show, hopefully, and do what she enjoys for a living and live from it. And most people have jobs they don't really enjoy at all that aren't their passion in life because of their life circumstances or obligations, and there's things in life that prevent them from ever even being able to access their dreams. Most people don't even get to be put in a position where they are within reach of their dreams. And I think Christine is totally within reach of having success from a passion of hers after everything she has been through. And I think that's rad and amazing and heartwarming. And I'd love to see her succeed. So I hope everyone checks out Cooking with Just Christine. I think it's awesome. Okay, so let's get into the episode, season eight, episode two, A Family Meltdown. And again, I will go back to resume season one where I left off over the weekend when I put out my regular episodes. So for a little context, I'm gonna go over the preview that tells us where we are in the episode so that we have context when skipping ahead to this point in the show, what we're skipping to. So Cody and the wives have lived in the Vegas cul-de-sac for a while now, and they are traveling in two RVs and a van to go to Utah as a family. The episode previous to this, uh, Cody visited Maddie at college, and in the preview of the past episode, 
He tells Maddie if a boy is doing something she doesn't want him to and he doesn't stop, his eyeball should come out with her finger. Maddie said she was done at that point um, with the conversation and Cody said Maddie was inviting them to leave. And Robin says the five of them, meaning the wives and Cody, aren't agreeing on the future of what my sister wife's closet looks like. And she explains that she's being outvoted about the business. Well, the site, My Sister Wife's Closet, is up, but it's basically under construction. It's not a functioning site. And My Sister Wife's Closet has been out of commission for years now, I believe. So I'd say the other sister wives were smart and they made an intelligent move not to pin all their hopes and financial security on a sinking ship. Janelle is at Nancy's office for a session. Nancy is a family therapist and a marriage counselor for the wives and Cody. And I believe she sees the wives separately and each wife with Cody separately and sometimes pairs of wives or the whole group. I'm not sure exactly, but that's the sessions that I've seen on the show. Janelle is telling Nancy that there are times when she is sitting there talking in the family and she feels nobody is hearing her at all. And she asks Nancy, do I forgive them for those early years? And we also find out that Annie, Christine's mom, will be moving in five to six weeks in with Christine and they will help her move. And Cody says it's one more woman moving into the house with all of her stuff. Cody told all the wives on the trip he would switch to rotating in marriage order. He used to rotate staying with each wife for a certain number of days and it was very equal at first. And he used to schedule and rotate wives every X number of days to keep it even which we now know currently has flown out the window and he basically lives monogamy with Robin and occasionally sees his other wives. Marriage order just means the order he married the women. So Mary's turn, then Janelle's, then Christine, then his soulmate, Robin. He was due to spend the night with a wife who was staying in the hotel, but Cody has now decided on that wife's night to switch to starting with Mary and going in marriage order because he prefers to stay at the RV park rather than stay at the hotel, and he is doing what he wants, so he switched the rotation order regardless of how long the wife, whose night it was supposed to be, was waiting for their turn. We know he now stays with Robin almost as if he's living in monogamy, and he uses C-19 as an excuse, making his own C-19 protocols that are more stringent and painstaking than the CDC guidelines. Things like being 10 feet apart, living on permanent quarantine, at home 24-7 unless it's a mandatory journey like groceries or school or work. He also wanted every piece of mail Lysol wiped, every grocery item wiped down, and all deliveries left outside for a time before wiping down the outer box, bringing it in, and wiping down the other box the item is packaged in. There's more. This is just from my understanding of some of what was said on the show. It's much more detailed than that. There was much more than that. Things like always changing clothes if you even step outside the house and much, much more. He made extra untenable rules so that he could make the excuse that he must be at Robin's because she and her kids are the only ones who respect him enough to respect and obey his guidelines word for word. And what's funny is they're the first ones to get sick in the family and the first point of exposure really um, that was a threat was the nanny who ended up uh, contracting uh, COVID. He, Cody was supposed to stay at the hotel with, I'm guessing, Christine from her reaction. I'm not sure, but he wants to stay in the RVs because he likes the place and wants to sleep there for the night. Christine tells him he's seriously in trouble at this point with more than one wife. Ken, Cody's old LDS friend, 
that Cody has had since childhood, um, has asked Cody many times to go boating and Cody wants to go boating. So he calls Ken to see if he's available since their plans for the day had fallen through. And we find out that Ken and Cody don't see eye to eye because they grew up in the LDS mainstream Mormon and they were close friends. LDS is the mainstream Mormon and FLDS is the branch of Mormonism that is completely separate that practices polygamy. Just a little background I know from the show um, is that Cody was on a mission um, in the mainstream Mormon LDS faith. He was on a mission uh, and when he was on his mission the, that most Mormons take where they go spread their faith abroad, his parents decided to live polygamy and they joined the FLDS. So when Cody returned home from his mission, he decided to join his parents' church. And Ken genuinely believes his friend is going to hell for living polygamy and it bothers him. And it, I believe it upset him when Cody left the mainstream Mormon faith and it's a sore spot and they lost some closeness and contact. And Ken texted Cody a few years ago that he should leave three of the wives and just keep one in order to be accepted back into the LDS faith to save his soul so he doesn't go to hell. Now, obviously, it's crossing a line. It's very rude and disrespectful to Cody, to all of Cody's wives, to Cody's whole family. But Cody doesn't seem to be that upset about it. Christine is understandably very pissed about it. She's upset that he would, she would, Cody would even entertain calling Ken. She doesn't want to see Ken, let alone have their families go boating together. And she wants an apology. And I believe, you know, she should get an apology. I understand that Ken is very religious and he loves Cody as his friend. And to him, hell is not a concept, but literal, it's a literal hundred percent tangible real place that actually exists. And in Ken's view, Cody is headed to hell if he continues living polygamy. It was totally wrong and disrespectful of Ken to send this text, and it was a boundary that Ken should never have felt comfortable crossing, and Cody should really be checking Ken and ask him to apologize to his wives and let it go after he receives an apology, and uh, it makes it clear to Ken never to bring this up again. But as I believe his wives do deserve an apology and Ken's respect, even if they share different religious views. Ken crossed the line and Cody should be both asking for an apology and defending his wives to his friend and they should agree to disagree on faith and stay friends if Ken can accept Cody as he is. Ken has no right and he was wrong and I feel it was inappropriate but in trying to understand Ken's perspective he does believe in God and heaven and hell very very literally and for him it's 100% real and truth and facts that God exists and that hell is a place that exists and he takes what his faith says as true and literal. So he genuinely does believe Cody will go to hell and he fears it for his friend. Um, so that's probably why he mentioned it, even though I believe it was a dick move. It may have started with good intentions based on his perceptions and what he believes. And he believes, obviously, that his faith is the only right way. I still think it's wrong, but if you're indoctrinated in something and you believe it and you love your friend and you believe you're saving them and that they're condemned to hell, um, that's probably why he mentioned it, but I still think it's wrong. I think he delivered it wrong. I think it was a boundary and a line he wasn't supposed to cross regardless of his beliefs. He's 100% wrong in sending that text, but I guess in some ways his intention was that he meant it well deep down and he cares about his friend's soul, even though 
I completely disagree with what he did. It was wrong, and Cody should have brought it up and asked Ken to apologize if Ken was willing to understand his fault in the matter. But Cody, who must be respected and obeyed by women, especially his wives, cowered to a man, Ken, and he set it aside very easily, and he tried to make Christine appear to be crazy when she took issue demanding an apology. He even, in the next episode, tells the world about Christine's PMS, and he tells everyone that that's why she's behaving erratically. She's not crazy to feel offended or want respect or an apology. And she's not wrong if she decides that she doesn't want to be around Ken or engage with Ken. He crossed the line, and I get that he did it because he's so indoctrinated in his own religious convictions that he viewed it as saving the friend he loves, but it still was wrong and disrespectful and rude and cruel and offensive and inappropriate, no matter what Ken believes or what his intentions were, to ask Cody to rip up his family, to enter the Mormon faith, to save himself because Ken's way and Ken's belief system is the only right way and the only way to heaven. I feel that that's incredibly condescending and small-minded. So that's what Christine is demanding in the apology for and why she is resistant to going on a boating trip with Ken and his family or even seeing Ken at all or um, perplexed as to why Cody would call Ken when she feels that way. Cody tells Christine when Ken said um, that he's welcome back to the church if he leaves three of his wives that Ken was joking and Christine says it's not a joke. Cody seems very unbothered and flippant and like blasé about it rather than being a man and handling it and demanding Ken respect his wives. He seems to cower to his male friends but he expects his wives to obey him and I find that very interesting. He says now he is pissed at Christine taking issue with it. Why does Cody have no backbone? Why can men disrespect him and bruise his precious ego and walk all over him? Ken even went so far as to call uh, Cody stupid to his face for living polygamy at the high school reunion. But his wives have to obey and uh, cook feasts for his ego or he isolates them and cuts them out and ignores them. He seems to take the submissive role among other men and let things go very easily, but with his wives, he seems to hold grudges and he seems to have to be the dominant alpha male leader, and he holds very petty grudges. This is very interesting for me to observe. I think the episode will be jam-packed, so I wanted to do a preview of the episode first so we know where we are in the timeline jump since we're skipping ahead a little bit. So everyone is packing to cram into the brown caravan of RVs and the van. The whole family are headed to Billings, Montana to see some friends, and they stop and see family along the way. It's summer vacation, and Vegas is hotter than hell in the summer. It's the desert. So Cody thinks it would be good to escape the heat. They are heading to Utah on the trip to see their old Lehigh house. They are having remodeling done on their one big house where they originally lived in Lehigh, Utah, where the show started. And they're also going to stop in Salt Lake, where Christine's mother, Annie, lives. And she'll be moving in with Christine uh, relatively soon, so they will see how much stuff she has and how much room she will need at Christine's house. Christine says her mom doesn't want to live alone anymore. She wants to be around the family and her grandkids. And Cody says Annie wants to be grandma, and most of her grandkids are at their house. And he told Christine's mom, Annie, she's always welcome to move in. Cody feels it's his obligation to move her in. Robin says in plural families, it's usual for there to be a lot of people and a lot of sharing of space. She says it's a family-oriented culture, and that's what 
polygamy is all about and that's what she is all about. She's very all about the family, very family oriented. Really? Was it family oriented for Robin for her love of the family when she threw Janelle's kids under the bus by name during this tell-all and she blamed the rest of the family for not accepting her and saying how tired she is of not having the acceptance? Robin says family is what they're all about. Okay. It's 9 a.m. Everyone is supposed to be ready to go. They're getting ready. They're getting into the RVs to head off on their Wally World vacation by a certain time. McKelty says so far they're on schedule. She says this is for brown time. This is awesome. Their ultimate destination will be Billings, Montana, and they will stop to meet friends and family along the way. But their last stop will be the Collier family, who are also a polygamist family. Nathan Collier is the patriarch of the Collier family, and he has two wives, Christine and Vicky, and he, there's a rumor that he's courting a third wife. The Browns were introduced to the Colliers by mutual friends, and it's not usual for them to meet polygamists outside of their church community. I think it's really weird that they're traveling very far just to meet strangers who are polygamists who aren't really in their faith. Janelle is packing last minute, and Cody helps her take down some bags. In confessional, and I want to note that the confessional scenes where they reflect with producers filming on the couch are sometimes all five of them crammed on an extra small couch, but most of the time now in their confessionals, they are separate confessionals now, individual confessionals, and there are a few ones with everyone or just couples, but mostly everyone is farther apart other than Cody and Robin, and it's mostly separate confessionals. In Janelle's individual confessional, she mentions that she went to see Nancy, the Browns' family therapist, and she came to the realization that she needs to work on past relationship hurts, especially with Mary. And Janelle hasn't approached Mary yet because it's not the right time. She guesses the right time will be when they are back home and settled after the trip. Janelle isn't looking very forward to that conversation. Christine is nervous about the trip. She says you have so many people crammed into two little RVs for a few days. It's unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen, and there might be surprises along the way. Cody is looking over the RV. He can't find the sewer hose. There's no hose in the RV. He tells Mary, Mary, I don't have a sewer hose, expecting her to fix it. My question is, why is that Mary's problem? Not that she's incapable of finding the sewer hose, but as a leader and as the husband in the family, can he handle it for his wives and family as the wives are running around like headless chickens, packing stuff, bringing in the luggage, preparing the little ones, preparing all the food and supplies? Can he not find the sewer hose unassisted himself? He's searching in every compartment to no avail. His wives haven't mocked him or taken digs at his inefficiency. But whenever a wife does something efficiently and well, he finds some reason to criticize the job they've done. Like with Mary doing Robin's move, he just stood there, not even holding a box, and he complained that she does well with packing and moving, but she takes too long because she overthinks things when he didn't even have a box in his hand in that scene. But he has looked everywhere for the hose. Every compartment in this RV has been opened, and he still can't find it, and now he's asking his wife Mary for help. And he got defensive when the wives praised Mary and says it, and he said, it wasn't like he was just sitting there with two fingers up his nose and he was saying his wives made him look like he was impotent just because they were barely teasing him about how he just stood there at, when Mary was breaking a sweat with Robin's move. It was light and in good fun and Cody had a smile on, but for him to say Christine was painting him as impotent for barely grazing him, if that means he's... Vi 
very, very sensitive and very, very delicate. He can't find the hoe, so he goes to marry, but none of the wives make him feel bad for being inefficient or inadequate at finding the hose, which he should easily be able to do. Finally, he finds the hose like a big boy all by his lonesome. It may just be that TLC edited it to make it look more painstaking than it really was. I don't know. Aspen thinks the trip will be chaotic, but that that's their family trip. What's their family trip without chaos? Around 9 a.m., they were still in the same process of getting packed, getting the luggage ready, getting the food and supplies ready, getting the kids on board. And now it's an hour and a half later. An hour and a half has passed. It's 1030. There's been very little progress. Janelle walks out and Cody goes, let's go right here like an order. And she says there isn't room for her in that RV. Cody says there is room in a frustrated tone. And Janelle says they are starting this trip and already she's thinking, oh great, and they haven't even left the driveway. It's awesome, she says. The Browns are meeting with Chris Bloxham, a friend of theirs who is a successful business owner who does money lending and he also owns a a bunch of pawn shops in St. George, Utah. The Browns want to meet with Chris to see if they can arrange a line of credit with Chris and his wife for to grow my sister wife's closet that Cody refers to as an online women's jewelry boutique. I've seen better designed jewelry at Target and Walmart, in my opinion. In later episodes, we know that McKelty works for Chris Bloxham in Utah at the pawn shop when she graduates and she lives with them, and that's how she met her future husband, 4,000 Taco Tony. They met playing Frisbee with their son and their Mormon church friends, and I believe Now they are happily married and they have an adorable baby girl. And Chris is the guy who officiated McKelty's wedding. And he had the idea of the Frisbee as a symbol of a circle to represent love when everyone was supposed to toss their Frisbees over the aisle in an arc as Tony and McKelty walked away from the altar as husband and wife and their ceremony ended. Chris owns a bunch of pawn shops. Cody calls them fun. Chris is a Mormon church history buff. He's a mainstream Mormon or LDS, and he collects a lot of stuff having to do with Mormon polygamy. There's an old plural marriage cartoon from an old magazine that's framed from 1875 called Bringing Home the Fifth Wife. The old wives look tired and beat down, and they're working and in drab clothes, and the new wife is dressed very well, and they meant to sensationalize polygamy in the 19th century. Christine says the reason they all wanted to go public was because of perceptions of plural marriage, just like that comic. Cody says he and Chris had been talking about a business loan. He says they pitched their business to investors and they haven't funded my sister wife's closet yet. Chris tells them investors are like a marriage and you're bringing on someone that is now attached to you with you forever, like a fifth wife. Chris has been telling Cody forever to borrow and keep his ownership of my sister wife's closet. And Cody says out of desperation, they're at a place to take Chris's advice and take out a business loan. Chris says they need to borrow enough money to put together a good sized order. Cody asks, so we are maybe looking at 50 or 100K. I'd say that's far too exorbitant an amount to invest in a small, not thriving online jewelry business that will be very niched. They're overestimating their star power and product superiority, I think. This isn't Rihanna with her Fenty line or Kylie with her lip kits. The brown name and level of fame they have alone will not stand by itself to sell products. In my opinion, I think they are highly overestimating the pull 
their degrade celebrity status has, particularly Robin and Cody. I really doubt that Janelle, Christine, or even Mary have delusions of grandeur from being on the show. asks Cody what can be used for collateral, and Cody stutters, and Robin looks intense. To me, it feels that Cody knows this is a fool's errand, but he's doing it for Robin, his soulmate. He says the business itself could be a collateral, or the inventory would be the collateral. Chris agrees he could give him a loan in that range and take some of the inventory as collateral and use it to back the loan. That doesn't sound too great for Chris, but I guess if Chris wants to do it, good for him. Chris has an idea. He asks, so you're meeting another polygamist family in Montana? He tells Cody to give the friends that he, the polygamist friends that they're meeting, the framed newspaper cartoon of the satire of polygamy that he just showed the Browns. Christine thinks it's very cool of Chris to do that. Christine says after they meet the Colliers, if they don't have a great sense of humor, she thinks it would be great in one of their homes. Christine totally wants it. And Robin agrees. She says, yeah, totally. Cody says to Christine, yeah, because that fifth wife is going to offend you more than it will offend the rest of the family. He's laughing and Robin is all huge smiles. Mary and Janelle crack reluctant smiles and Christine is smiling, but she says, don't go there with me. It's done very lighthearted and in jest, but Cody seems to think that it's humorous to make light of how offended and hurt Christine was and how much trouble she made when Robin joined the family and how much struggle she had with it. I don't think it's funny to laugh at. We know Christine was pregnant and she had a lot of fears about Robin and she wasn't cool with it or too pleased with how often Cody went away with for the weekend to see Robin. She suffered a lot and she battled her fears and her jealousy and less time with her husband who was gushing about loving Robin all while pregnant with his child. And now Cody thinks it's cute and charming to crack jokes. Christine jokes, don't go there with me. We learn that they're headed to Nephi, Utah to spend the night and then the next day they will head to Lehigh, Utah to check out the one big house that Cody and the first three wives lived in before they moved at the start of the show. Cody has to empty the shit hose. I'm happy he got that job. I think it's perfect for him. And Cody says he told everyone that he was going to stay in the marriage order on the trip as far as dividing his time with each wife, which I explained earlier. I mentioned this, but he was supposed to stay at the hotel but with another wife, but now he has decided to switch the rotation order so that he's able to stay in the RV tonight because he likes the RV park and he likes the place. The wives are all laughing, including Christine, and she tells Cody he is seriously in trouble at this point with absolutely more than one wife. They're all smiles and laughing, and Cody is sitting with all four wives, and he says, listen, ladies, you don't want me to go to that place where I don't give a shit or we'll have a bad trip. He's smiling, and he says it in jest, but he warns them, we'll have a bad trip, and I'm having a good trip right now. He was supposed to spend the night with a wife who was staying at the hotel, but he decided because he liked the RV park, he could decide to go in marriage order and change the rotation and stay with Mary in the RV, then Janelle, then Christine, then Robin, and whosoever night it was at the hotel, he doesn't really care. It's going to be Mary first because he prefers to stay in the RV park over the hotel. So he's switching the order to accommodate what he prefers to do, even though whatever wife's turn it was has been waiting for that time. I'm guessing it was Christine at the hotel and he decided to switch to marriage order and make it Mary's night to accommodate what he wanted, which is to hang out at the RV park. Janelle says she thought, wow, Cody, when you arbitrarily change your schedule for 
no real reason other than you liked where they were staying for the night. She thought, whoa, okay, he just created a whole lot of tension, basically to satisfy his whim. So just to make this clear, he was scheduled to be with one of the wives who was at the hotel. I'm guessing Christine based on her reaction. So then Cody sat his wives down and he told them he was going to change and go in marriage order because he liked the place where the RVs were and he wanted to spend the night there. So on his own whim, because he had a preference to stay at the RV park, he switched to marriage order, starting with Mary first, so he can stay where he prefers. And when the ladies jokingly protested, he warned them with a smile, I'm having a good trip. Let's not let me get to the point where I don't give a shit and we have a bad trip. Everyone's laughing and joking and all smiles, but whatever wife's night it was who has been anticipating her time now has to wait longer because he wants to play at the RV park. And he tells them, don't get me to the point where I don't give a fuck and I isolate you completely and I become moody and it's a bad trip. He's warning, accept this or I will change my mood and it won't be a fun, good trip. What do you guys want? If they don't cave to his whim and just accept it, they will get the mask off Cody who will isolate from them and abandon them and be very moody and difficult. And it won't be a good trip then, will it? Ugh, this is so gross and manipulative and nasty and all with a smile on. It's the next morning and Cody tells viewers that they are headed to Lehigh to the big house that is undergoing some remodeling. And most of the kids haven't been back to the Lehigh house since they moved to Vegas. So this is the first time they are seeing where they had to move from so quickly. And Christine says none of the Browns were happy about moving. There's a flashback to Cody sitting with his whole family in the one big house in Lehigh, telling them about the move to Vegas in three days. He tells them they are loading everything up that weekend and the kids start crying and obviously, understandably, they're getting upset and emotional and he says he knows it's not fair, he understands, and he's sorry, he knows it's hard, but they're going to have to move. Cody says their house in Utah was a wonderful place for them. Then the police investigation was started and they were under the threat of being arrested for being polygamists. Honestly, I don't believe the threat that Cody faced. I know that there was a slight threat, but I believe they dramatized it to make drama for television. Um, I don't believe that the threat was as emergent and probable as Cody believed. I believed it was 100% drummed up for television and to press to advocate for making polygamy legal. Because when people see a family in fear of persecution and in fear of being jailed and separated just for living their religious beliefs and their lifestyle, it raises emotions in people and people want to hop on board to give them the right to live as they wish. In my opinion, in the past, the threat was very real and probable, probably with Cody. Was that threat as probable as in the past? I really don't believe so. I believe it was drummed up to create indignation and to garner support to give polygamists the right to live in their lifestyle as they please. So viewers can ask, how can this happen in America? And they can get really active about it. Personally, in my opinion, I don't think polygamy is a healthy lifestyle. I think the inherent obstacles and struggles that the lifestyle comes with make it incredibly impractical. And I also think it promotes iniquity and an unequal balance of power both in the individual relationships uh, and among the ranking of the wives. There will always be a hierarchy, whether it's spoken or not, and there will always be a favorite wife and the favored kids. You can try to live it right and do it fair, but it never will be 100% fair and equal all of the time. Each wife will constantly feel a ton of negative emotions that they always have to battle, like jealousy, competition, and subversion 
in the family dependent on their relationship state with their husband. The husband has other options if one relationship is rocky and the wife doesn't have other options. The kids also get less present time with their fathers and it seems like more favor or less favor depending on where each wife stands with the husband. There seems to be a lot of extra baggage and obstacles that come with polygamy and a lot of negative and toxic emotions and power struggles. I personally don't think it's healthy and I think it promotes being ego-driven for the husband and it's the perfect setup for a man who wants a variety of women and authority uh, and it's um, the perfect uh, situation for ego-driven men and I think it promotes a lot of toxicity. I can understand that there is a fair and equal way to attempt to do this but I don't see it as healthy or promoting anything beneficial. Um, to me, the negatives outweigh any minor benefits you might uh, get from the lifestyle. However, I do think if grown adults decide to live polygamy for faith or just purely for lifestyle reasons, they should have the right under the law provided that everyone consents to it. Me personally, I would never do it. I don't think most women in polygamy are getting what they deserve just by the nature of the lifestyle, but it's not for anyone to tell grown adults how to live. Even if I think it's unhealthy or not ideal, every adult should live as they choose provided it's consensual and the marriages are not forced. It's everyone's choice whether I find it healthy or not. In my opinion, it's a recipe for toxicity, but if people want to do it and they are grown and consent, it should be allowed. I do think Cody is over-exaggerating his threat in this situation to drum up drama for the show. Cody says they determined they had to do something that they couldn't just sit there and have their family broken apart should they be arrested. He says the last two months that they lived in Lehigh in the big house were months of despair. They arrive at the house and are all getting out of the RVs and Cody asks Mary if it gives her anxiety to be there and she says no. Cody says he has anxiety bad. Janelle says she has a feeling like she's stepping back into the dark ages. McKelty explains that they love the memories they had at the house and the time that they had there but the house isn't their home anymore and it didn't feel like they belonged there at all anymore. Cody explains that they are doing the construction because they had water damage in the house. Aspen says since the move from Utah to Vegas, they have all grown so much that being back in Utah was a reminder of where they were and so much has changed in that house that it didn't even matter anymore. It really didn't feel like home. Cody's biggest worry is making the home marketable. He refers to it as sellability. He says it's a large home with three separate apartments and kitchens. He says it would be perfect for some young guy with three wives. Cody says it's weird to be there. And Christine says she's ready to go. She asks if everyone is ready to go. She seems like she really wants to get out of there with a quickness. And Cody asks Christine why it's weird for her and she doesn't want to talk about it. She's just ready to go. Christine says emotion-wise, she didn't want to be there. She just remembers a lot of bad memories there. She says leaving was hard. It was very hard. Next, they are headed to Christine's mom, Annie's house, 40 minutes away, and she will move in, and Cody is inspecting Annie's stuff to see if they can fit it all in their house. He calls it our house, referring to his house with Christine, and I'm sure you guys remember this season when he said the other houses no longer feel like his homes. Only Robin's house feel like his home, and her kids feel like his kids. So that's a noticeable change. Cody says he has four mothers-in-law. There's a chance they could all end up living with him. There's a chance his own mom could even be living with him. 
He says Annie is welcome in their home, and next week he might have a thousand-yard stare. Cody wants to see if all of Annie's stuff can fit on one truck. She has a whole house full of stuff, and Christine is giving her a room and the family room and a bedroom. And Christine realizes that her mom, Annie, still has a full house. Annie doesn't want to take care of a whole house and a yard anymore. She's getting older, and it's more work than she can keep up with. Cody is looking at all the stuff, knowing that they will need a bigger truck. Christine says she's moving a whole house and she has a room full of fabrics and Cody is staring at all the fabrics and he says he's actually thinking one more woman in his life moving into the house with all of her stuff like it's overwhelming for him. And he has a concern that she has that she has had and she's talked about it with Christine and that is the relationship with Cody. Annie says Cody doesn't want to see her as an intruder in his own home. And she says they have to come to an understanding of how they will do this, how they will work it out, and how they're going to work out space because Cody and Annie can't be triggering each other. We know Christine's family is high up in the church and well-known in the church. And her grandfather was very high up in the church. And he told her to be more assertive and vocal with Cody about her needs. We also know Annie, who left the church and polygamy, just said that, she and Cody can't butt heads and trigger each other. And he is concerned that Annie will feel like an intruder in his home. I also know from another episode that Christine's mom left polygamy. And there was a time when she wasn't allowed to be close to the kids and Christine because Cody and Christine feared what she would say about polygamy since she left and was against the lifestyle. We also know Christine's aunt, and I'm not sure, Kristen Decker from the UNLV panel, who is anti-polygamist, um, the one that Christine was afraid of, um, the anti-polygamist who is her aunt, who hit, she hid in the bathroom from. I don't know if Kristen Decker is uh, Christine's maternal or paternal aunt, but I have a feeling it's possible she's the maternal aunt, because she does look a lot like, uh, I would say, Christine's mom. I have a feeling that Christine's family who left the church and even those in the church aren't huge fans of Cody from what we have learned on the show. If a church leader related to Christine is telling her to be more assertive about what she needs, that indicates that Cody wasn't living polygamy the proper way according to the faith, possibly with equity or even favoritism perhaps. And under the faith, there were issues with him as a husband, or I'm sure that the person that she spoke to, her grandfather in the church, wouldn't have mentioned that she needed to be more assertive. And also her family who has left the faith don't seem to be too keen on Cody either. I also want to thank a viewer of mine. I've had some great dialogue with Diana, who was kind enough to explain a lot of some of the Mormon faith and how the polygamous principle is supposed to work with equity and so forth. I have really appreciated her knowledge and insights and conversations. One day in a respectful manner, I would like to delve into some of the basic faith and the way that polygamy should be lived under the religion. They may not be all doing it for faith-based reasons anymore, but it started off that way. And the show never explains the details, so I'd like to address that respectfully in a very respectful manner at some point, just so we can all understand how it started, what the ideals are, and the expectations from a faith perspective. But I want to take my time and do my research so I address it accurately and respectfully in a future episode, maybe some months down the line. Christine will be returning to Annie's in five or six weeks to move Annie home 
with her and she had a lot of talks with her mom about her moving in and what the comfort level was. She says if she's arguing with Cody, she doesn't want her mom coming in and taking sides. She doesn't get to take sides. She can be an observer and tell Cody and Christine both to stop arguing or she can just say nothing. They discussed it and they're moving a whole nother adult into their home. Cody says they have so many arguments, he's sure Annie will get involved in a lot of it. Next up, the Browns are headed to Maddie's apartment. She attends college in Utah, so they're going to visit her. Maddie has been homesick, and you can tell by her social media posts, according to Robin, and she mimics Maddie being emotional and then says, poor thing. The family checks out Maddie's apartment. Mary inspects Maddie's fridge. She says you have to check up on college kids and make sure they're eating well. Mary says it's typical for college students to have empty cupboards and not frequent the grocery store. There are roses on Maddie's kitchen counter and Mary alerts Cody that someone sent Maddie roses and Cody asks Maddie who the roses are from and Maddie says she brought them for herself. I don't know if I believe that, but I understand why she's saying that. Cody says they bought food with them on the road trip and Maddie's cupboards are empty So he has Maddie grab a bag and forage in the RVs for some food. And I thought that was considerate as her father. Cody says when they left Maddie at Utah State University a month ago, he was dissatisfied with the experience because he didn't feel like he made a good connection to be able to talk to Maddie and communicate effectively. He's hoping on this trip he can pull Maddie aside and ask how she is and what's going on. He wants to really get Maddie to open up and communicate with him. What an amazing shift. He was still disconnected from his older kids then, but it seemed like he tried. Maybe too little too late, but it seemed like he really did try some. This season, Gabe begged for some reassurance, and he tried to really invest in his dad. He really wanted to open up and communicate and to have a relationship with his dad. And it was really, really, really heartbreaking to see Cody give nothing back. Cody asks Maddie if her job is going well, if she's making enough. She says she is making pretty good money. Cody says that he's glad Maddie is hanging out with a girl from Montana. He thinks she's a good kid. And he loves that Maddie is friends with that young lady and also with a Mormon couple. Cody says his kids typically relate well to mainstream Mormons. Janelle says a portion of the kids' friends are all from the LDS mainstream church. Cody says when Maddie is in the large Mormon community, it's important to him that she picks good people to associate with. He lived in the area Maddie lived in for nine months, and he tells Maddie that he was incredibly lonely. Maddie says she isn't super lonely, and she likes being alone. Janelle says Maddie likes to put on a tough shell. She knows if some guy came along and said and did all the right things, regardless of who he was, it could be a danger for her. Cody is glad Maddie is making good friends. While Cody and Maddie were talking in the RV after she foraged for pantry supplies in the RVs, Christine explains that the wives are just rearranging a few things differently in her kitchen to kind of prank her and mess with her. Janelle says, nothing says I love you like being pranked. Mary and Robin are messing with their bed sheets, putting them on the wrong way and messing with the way the bed was made. Cody says when all of his wives play together, trouble happens. Christine says she was straight up causing mischief in Maddie's kitchen, hiding things, moving things to different drawers. Maddie caught Christine and told them they're never allowed back. Cody says it's funny to him. He was never the practical joker as a kid. He was just the guy who took on every dare. And he's married to all practical jokers. Christine says it means they love Maddie and it's a sign of love. 
Maddie says her dad thinks she doesn't tell him everything, but she says no kid tells their parents everything. And she thinks her dad would like her to tell him everything. Maddie feels like until she does tell him everything, which will never happen, he will always feel like she hasn't connected with him. Cody says he feels that Maddie is at peace and it was good to connect with her. And he says she told him everything he needed to hear and she also seems calmer and he liked that. They are driving to West Yellowstone, Montana now to pick up some of the kids who had been at the ranch in Wyoming and they're going to tour Old Faithful. They're at a hotel and Mary tells the wives that this was the hotel that Cody and Mary stayed in the first night of their honeymoon. They were supposed to visit Robin's friend Matt, but he called and canceled, so now they're looking for something else to do. Janelle suggests Ken Grant, a high school friend of Cody's, and they were besties from 7th grade to 11th grade, and he always invites Cody to go boating. Mary wouldn't mind going boating with Ken, but Christine hates Ken, and Cody doesn't know what to do about it. Janelle explains that a few years ago, Ken texted Cody saying he should divorce three of his wives and come back to the LDS mainstream Mormon church so he can be saved. Janelle says Ken was implying that for Cody's religious salvation, he should do this. Cody explains his wives found out and some of them blew it off like Ken's just being a jerk or, oh, he's just teasing, but Christine took it seriously. Christine flies out of the RV like a bat out of hell. She isn't happy, and I can understand her frustration. She asks, are you really calling Ken? Cody tells her, whoa, listen. He says he needs to talk about it with her. Christine says Ken owes her an apology. And Cody asks, for what? And she says, for saying you're welcome back to the church, but you have to leave three of your wives behind. She's really upset. She tells Cody it's not okay. And it's very clear she was very hurt by this, understandably so. I already explained my stance that it was disrespectful and crossing a boundary of Ken to text that, but I also understand that in Ken's mind, as wrong as he is, he believes his beliefs are the only right way, and so in his mind, he was doing it with right intentions of saving his friend from a very real hell that he believes Cody will be in, and some of those intentions were misplaced good intentions. But he did the wrong thing, even if his intentions were good. I believe it wasn't Ken's place. Christine is beyond pissed that they are all willing to go see Ken. Christine explains in confessional that at Cody's high school reunion in a previous episode, Ken seemed brutal to her with his open honesty denouncing Cody's way of life. This was in June 2011, and they flash back to that scene of the reunion with Cody's high school friends. And Cody's high school friends in that scene had said a lot of interesting things about Cody I will get to when we get to that episode. But Ken says that the fact that he thought Cody would become a polygamist brought in a lot of friction. And Ken says in front of Cody's classmates and all of his wives that he thought Cody was stupid for living polygamy. He couldn't figure out what was going through Cody's mind and it made no sense to Ken how Cody could live in polygamy. Christine says... The comments Ken made at the reunion hit her hard and she felt like Ken wasn't a safe person to be around. Christine says if she had friends that said that about Cody, she wouldn't hang out with them and Cody wouldn't want her to hang out with them. Cody says Janelle says it happens to her all the time. Just because one wife can accept this with no issues, it doesn't mean Cody should try to normalize it with Christine or make her accept it. Christine has her own separate feelings that she's allowed to have and she has every right to feel however she feels and no one should tell her how she should feel about it. Cody should respect her feelings and validate her rather than telling her another wife gets that behavior all the time and accepts it. 
She shouldn't be encouraged to accept it because another wife does. And Cody should have, shouldn't have told her that Janelle gets that behavior like Ken displayed regularly and she's accustomed to it. So Christine should be accustomed to that behavior too. That type of triangulation creates the friction among the wives and probably fosters jealousy and competition. And I know Janelle and Christine are close like sisters, so it won't create discord between them. But this season, we saw Cody tell Janelle and Christine how respectful and loyal Robin was and her kids were as an example in comparison to them who won't obey him as a way to show them what the gold star wife does in the hopes they will get in line. The way he triangulates the wife that behaves or reacts as he prefers to the others creates a discord among the wives that is already inherently there in polygamy and it probably makes it worse, like the comparison and jealousy and favoritism and on and on. When Cody tells Christine it happens to Janelle all the time, she says it doesn't happen to her and she doesn't accept it. Janelle says in confessional she can't pretend to understand everything that Christine is feeling. But Christine grew up in a very protective and safe world where outsiders were feared because outside people were seen as threats who wanted to separate their family. And the threat was that the family would be separated and the father would go to jail. Janelle can't understand all of Christine's emotions, but she gets the why of it, why Christine feels differently than she does, and why it's such a big deal to Christine. And she is having Christine's back by explaining why Ken's words have this effect on Christine. She takes the time to consider where Christine's emotions come from and why Christine feels so strongly when to the other wives, it wasn't as big of a deal. They're used to always coming across this mentality and they just accept it and push it down. And in a way, she's validating Christine to some extent. And I think viewers can see why Christine was offended and why to the other wives, they just might not be as affected as affected or as offended or care as much about the comments Ken made. I think the whole thing with Ken kind of being dickish and very undiplomatic about Cody's lifestyle choice triggers Christine. She was considered polygamy royalty and her grandfather was high up in the church, so they always feared being separated or arrested for their lifestyle choice that they were living due to their faith. So Ken being so vocal in opposition of their lifestyle and in Cody's face about how stupid polygamy is and showing no respect probably hurt Christine and it probably triggered her to feel the same fear and anxiety that she felt constantly growing up. And so she just got very upset and she feels offended and disrespected. And I think Ken takes his religion very literally and to him, hell is very real, like going to the hospital or the subway restaurant across the street. It's a real place. It's a nightmarish place that exists for him that Cody will go to for forever and Ken feels the obligation and need to save his friend from hell. It's not his place and Ken wasn't diplomatic about it and it crossed 10 million boundaries the way Ken did this. And ultimately it was very incredibly disrespectful um, to Cody and to Cody's wives and to Cody's faith and way of life and to Cody's family as a whole. And Ken shouldn't have done it at all. I would never live polygamy again. I think it promotes toxicity and suffering and there are a million added obstacles to life to live that way. And life is complicated enough without adding extras to the mix. But if other people, other consenting adults choose to live that way, to live polygamy, faith-based or not, it's not for me or anybody else to tell anyone else how to live, whether we would personally live that lifestyle or not. 
I understand Ken believed he was saving his old friend and he felt his heart was in the right place and like it was his spiritual duty or whatever to say what he said. But he crossed the line and Cody should have let him know he appreciates the spiritual concern, but ultimately it's disrespectful of Ken and it's disrespectful not only to Cody, but to his wives as well and to his faith. He should have told Ken he values him, but if they are genuine friends, one friend can have one faith and another friend can have another faith without calling their faith or their lifestyle stupid, judging it or degrading it or degrading his wives, whether his friend's lifestyle is in accordance with his faith or not. It's insulting to tell a person, divorce your partner so you can rejoin the church and you won't burn in the fires of hell. That's the mothers of Cody's kids and he shows no regard for them and he asks Cody so casually to just divorce them. He calls it stupid and he put Cody down for picking that lifestyle. Even though I think polygamy is toxic, it's not fair of me or appropriate of me or of anyone to belittle someone for it or to tell them to change how they live so they don't burn in hell. It's very righteous and it's very inappropriate and I didn't appreciate that. If I had a friend, I wouldn't talk to them that way. If it's something in their life I don't agree with and I can't accept them as they are, then I'm not really their friend and I can't really be their friend. And if I ask them to change that thing or warn them that they will burn at the stake per my belief system being the only right way, they don't, and they don't ascribe to my faith and believe in my faith and I tell them because of that, then they will go to hell, then that's just wrong. If I was Christine, I would just say, you guys go, I'll stay back, I'll read, I'll tan, I'll chill, I'll go do some other activity. You guys go, you enjoy your time with Ken. If I don't like Ken and his vibe, but everyone else is on board, I wouldn't want Ken messing up my vibe. I'd be happy to enjoy my day on my own and have some alone time and everyone else can chill with Ken, no problem. But this probably brings up how Christine used to feel growing up, so she probably can't just say to herself, It's four against one. They won't hear me. I don't want to go. Let them go. Let me enjoy my day and have some peace and quiet. It's hard in those anxious, angry, and frustrated emotions to rationalize past them. And you feel lots of emotions and you aren't being understood. You feel like you aren't being heard. Christine tells Cody she doesn't know why Ken is on their family vacation when he's against most of their family. Cody says Ken has always invited uh, Cody to go boating. In confessional altogether, um, Janelle says that Ken is harmless and fun and he has an opinion, but so do all of them. And Cody tells Christine, Ken accepts every wife in the family. He jokes about Cody coming back to the Mormon church, but Christine says she didn't take it as a joke. It was not a joke. And Cody insists it's just a joke. Cody tells her he's sorry He gets frustrated and you can tell from his tone he's checked out. He says he can't talk about this anymore. He can't talk about himself at this point and he's very, very frustrated. All the sister wives were standing around Cody and Christine during the exchange and they were like listening to what was going on. Janelle says that she can always feel when Cody is at odds with one of her sister wives. She says, you feel it. There's no way to not feel it. And she says... For her, it's really awkward, so she just tries to ignore that anything is happening. So, Cody has four wives. With the way he behaves, I bet a majority, if not all of the time, one wife is at odds with him. 
And at this time he had four wives. I know now he has three, but I bet most of the time one wife is at odds with him. I bet it affects the level of presence and investment that he has with each wife during their time, during their nights in the rotation. It probably considerably affects his mood when he is with his wives on their nights. And I think that's really unfair. And the wives have to wait a few days before their turn. And I wonder often if that turn is ruined by Cody's mood if he has an issue with another wife. Mary says she has been in situations where they can talk to one or the other involved in the argument and get their take on it and give them a little perspective. I wonder how healthy that is in situations where the sister wives aren't close good friends who are bonded and have each other's best interests at heart. The thing is, there will always be jealousy and resentment and competition and some level of suffering among the wives because of uh, the nature of polygamy along with the favoritism. So add that in the mix and the sister wives relationships. Um, and is it fair and healthy that another wife gets involved with one or both parties to get their side and to give perspective and get involved with the situation? Are they all going to actually help the sister wife they harbor resentment for? I feel like that could create a lot more toxicity and triangulation and an opportunity for manipulation. I don't know if it's a good idea to involve other wives between a husband and wife relationship. If I was in that type of lifestyle, which I never could or would be in, I would not want the other wives knowing my issues with my husband and getting involved on my side or my husband's side at all. That just seems incredibly toxic to me. Christine is in Mary's RV venting and she says she's pissed off. She feels like, seriously, they're going to have another family vacation? Mary says, well, how many times does Cody say stupid guy things? To Mary, Cody was just saying another stupid guy thing as usual. And Ken was saying a stupid guy thing. It wasn't a big deal. Christine says she needs an apology. And Christine says if it was just a stupid guy thing, as Mary suggests, he can say he was being an idiot. He can say he doesn't feel that way. Ken can also say that he loves their family and explain why he said what he said and explain what he was saying. And Cody says the thing with Ken is still up in the air because they have to table it and head to Yellowstone to meet the kids who were at the ranch in Wyoming. And grandma is driving the kids over to Yellowstone so they can all tour Old Faithful together and Cody can take the kids home from there. Janelle and Cody are hugging their kids. It's very sweet. Cody says it's good to see his kids after he hasn't seen them in a while. The kids loved seeing Old Faithful. Robin said it was great. Everyone is worn out after, and it was a lot of driving. So everyone is resting up at the RV park. The wives are sitting with Cody, and Christine walks up, and Cody tells her he tried to get a hold of Ken despite her complaints, but luckily Ken is unavailable. Cody says he is coming from his religious perspectives, and he says religious prejudices are the biggest of all society has, and everybody has religious prejudices. In confessional, Cody mentions that he has a sister. I believe this is the first and only time he mentions her. And she is very rarely, if ever mentioned, other than right here on the show. Um, and he says, his sister told Cody verbatim, why don't you stop having sex with all of those women and just be married to one and just come back to the Mormon church? He says his own sister doesn't understand that the polygamy and the lifestyle he's living is not about sex. But I beg to differ. I do think when polygamy originated, sex, if, if a man created it, might have been a factor. 
I think for most men who enter polygamy, having a variety of women sexually is a part of it and why it's appealing because men get bored. So rather than cheat or have affairs, they have a valid faith-based excuse to have multiple options for intimacy. It may not be all about sex for people indoctrinated in that faith. I'm sure they believe they must do this to get into certain tiers of heaven. But originally when it started way back when in some man's mind somewhere, some man may have had the idea that they can have sex with a variety of women and do it in a way other than cheating or sleeping around that would be sanctified by religion. I do think it factors into um, the faith and the, the, re the reasons of polygamy for sure uh, to some degree. It might be a small degree. It might not be the main reason, but I'm sure it factors in somewhere. Cody says people piss him off like this all the time and he understands Christine being mad. Cody says he doesn't think plural marriage or his way of life is for everybody, but Mormons think that Mormonism is for everybody and that's the difference. Cody says plural marriage isn't for everybody and Robin jokes that plural marriage is for everybody. And Cody questions, you really think that? And they all start laughing. Cody says that no one is taking the conversation seriously because the weight has been lift well the weight has been lifted now and everything is getting lighter. Christine says she is taking it seriously. Cody says Ken is not available so there's nothing to worry about and Christine asks why Cody can't ask for an apology. She asks why that would be so hard. She says he's not going to ask Ken for an apology and Cody mocks Christine's request by cynically saying you offended my wives. Would you give me an apology, please? Christine says it's defending their honor. She asks, why is it that hard to ask Ken? And Cody says, no. He says he's not going to do it. His wives say no to him and he is distant and he punishes them when they say no. But he says no to his wives and expects them to just accept it. Cody thinks it's a reasonable request for his wives to ask him to ask Ken to apologize for offending them. And he says that in confessional. But he says it doesn't seem reasonable to him to have to go ask Ken for apologies for his wives. And why is that? Because of his ego? What's funny is next Cody says that Christine's ego is holding on to this thing with Ken so hard saying here's my offense and she's going to beat the whole family with it. And Cody says he swears all of this is driven solely by Christine's pride. He's blaming Christine for having such a big ego and so much hubris that she demands an apology because she was offended. And he knows it's reasonable for her to request an apology, but he won't do it because he resents her. He's seething with resentment and he also treats men very differently than he treats women. With men, he appears to be submissive. He cowers. He seems to really want acceptance at all costs, even if his male friends put him down, even if for example, Ken calls his faith and lifestyle stupid, even if Ken disrespects his whole family and all of the wives, and Cody, he's saying his religion is right and superior to Cody's, and he also doesn't accept Cody as he is with the faith he has. He encourages Cody to divorce three wives and go back to his way, which Ken believes is the right way, and to his mainstream Mormon faith, because he believes he's right and everyone else is wrong. And Cody is stupid, according to Ken, for living as he does. So Ken thinks it's okay to destroy a family and have Cody leave all of his wives and hurt his wives and his kids. He asks Cody to discard three of his wives that have been very dedicated to him. 
just so Cody can be a Mormon like him and fuck the suffering and emotional pain just so Cody can get into heaven. That's not right. And Ken isn't his friend if he can't respect Cody's faith and Cody's lifestyle and Cody's wives and Cody's family. Ken judges it and he demeans Cody and he looks down on Cody and the family for the, their belief system and for their way of life and living polygamy. And Ken is assuming his belief system is the only right one. And that's not right and that's not fair. Cody should get his apology and he should make it clear to his friend that if they are to continue being friends, he must respect his faith. He must respect his lifestyle. He must respect his wives and his family if they are to remain friends. And he should put his foot down and say he doesn't want to hear any demeaning things. And he can respect Cody and his faith without agreeing with it. If he can't accept Cody or his family, Cody really should be done with Ken. I know they see a lot of prejudice and biased attitudes. I don't even believe polygamy promotes a healthy, happy lifestyle, as I've said. But if I had friends, I'd respect their choice and I would never in a million years demean them for it or think my way was better or my way was right. That I completely disagree with. If Ken can't accept Cody as he is, then he isn't his friend. I know Cody gets this all the time and he understands underneath it there are good intentions and that Ken genuinely fears for his salvation. But how can Cody cower to someone and go boating with someone who demeans him, who demeans his faith and his wives and way of life? That isn't Ken's boundary to cross and Ken really isn't his true friend. Cody seems to be really softer and submissive around men. He doesn't do the control and manipulation and demand respect. It's almost like he's submissive to other men. And maybe that's why he tries to dominate his wives. Kind of funny and ironic that Cody is saying this is about Christine's pride and ego and he's blaming Christine's pride and ego for her demanding the apology. But everything Cody has done this season is about his own pride and ego. And the less the wives have inflated his ego, the more abusive and manipulative he has got. So everything he does is about his ego and the behaviors he displays, the manipulative tactics, the withholding of sex and affection and communication and intimacy and presence, all of that is about ego. But he's blaming this on Christine's ego rather than just having a man-to-man talk with Ken. And now this season, we even see the example where Gabe tried to have a man-to-man talk with his dad. And what did Cody do? Cody deflected. He refused to sit eye to eye with his son and have a man-to-man talk. He deflected to Christine's behaviors and to Janelle's and to his other kids' behaviors regarding his C-19 protocols. And they were trying to tell him what was on their mind and they were being very honest and communicating about what bothered them. And he refused to talk and communicate and he deflected that it was everyone else's fault and their lack of respect, even with his kids. Also, Cody mentioned how Christine's ego holds onto this and beats the family with it. With Mary's catfish, Cody does still hold it against her and twist the knife as much as possible because she hurt his ego. So he's no one to talk and try and deflect that this is Christine's ego. Christine is pissed. She says, please say you're somewhere else tonight because apparently it's her night with Cody. Walks off into it, her trailer, pissed off. And Cody and the wives are sitting around and they're kind of laughing at uh christine and he says he's going to be with her tonight and he'll take the couch the wives are sitting with cody and christine is in the trailer and he says let her play her games and on cue janelle gets up to check the roast and she's not participating in this cody jokes that janelle is looking for an excuse to get out of there 
And Mary and Robin are all smiles. No one empathizes or validates Christine or tries to understand where she's coming from. And they all laugh like mean girls. Cody says he doesn't like foot stamping and hair tossing. He doesn't like princess behavior. The you better do this or I'm. And he mimics an angry face, hands on hips when he says that. He says, enough. It's a game and he doesn't like it. And he's trying to make it look like Christine uses her emotions to manipulate him and he won't engage it. But he is really the master manipulator. If he just validated Christine and said, I know you're offended and I know Ken's intentions were not evil and he believes I'll burn in hell literally and he's attempting to save me, but it's also incredibly insulting and offensive and disrespectful. So I will talk to him and if he can't accept me as I am and my family without demeaning me and demeaning our faith and our lifestyle, um, then he's not our friend. But Cody wasn't willing to do that and he hear Christine's feelings at all. Cody says it's making him mad and the poison is going through the whole family. He says, thank you, Christine, very cynically. And he resents her a million percent. I think that he kind of gets off and enjoys the fact that she's upset. He's admitted an apology was a reasonable request. He won't because he says it's Christine's ego and pride making the issue. If he just validated Christine's feelings and let her know he got what she was feeling, even if he and the other wives don't feel the exact way she does, that would make the issue a little bit better. And also, Ken really isn't his friend at all, so Cody really shouldn't want a friend like that. But if he values him that much, he should be talking to him and having a conversation. He seems to be afraid to talk to Ken at all about this. And it's also like he seemed afraid to talk to Gabe and be real with Gabe, so he kept just deflecting and reverting to his ego. I think he feel, fears communication with men, but with women, he wants to be dominant and authoritative and controlling and do manipulations. But with men, he's incredibly submissive and he can't even voice basic needs or have a simple conversation man to man. It's very interesting in my opinion. It's the next morning and Cody says last night got really intense because they are fighting over stupid and petty relationship stuff like who is friends with whom and stupid kindergarten stuff, he calls it. They're going to a state park in Idaho to have lunch. Janelle is glad to chill a bit and have an actual vacation since they've been on the road for a few days. Janelle tells viewers, Abe is all about the money. Gabe has a tooth loose, so Cody offered him some money. He offered him 10 bucks. And Gabe tries to up it to 50, but Cody says no, 10 bucks, but the tooth has to be out today. And if he gets the tooth out by today, Cody will owe Gabe the 10 bucks. Gabe gets some pliers and his tooth is only just barely loose, kind of loose, barely. It's not even near the stage of falling out. So he hands Cody pliers and Cody is going to yank it out with pliers, like a toolbox full-size professional set of pliers. Where's Mary when you need her? I thought she was the professional tooth puller. In the first episode of season one, she chased, I believe it was Gwendolyn. It might have been Isabel, but I believe it was Gwendolyn around the house to pull her tooth out. I don't know about Cody and using this full-size set of pliers in a 10-year-old's mouth or 12-year-old's mouth. I don't know how Gabe is, but he's like a kid in this. Gabe is handing Cody these full-size pliers saying, you get a grip and I'll pull it out. I'm thinking F no, but Cody does it. And in confessional, the wives give Cody a hard time about it because he is the adult making poor decisions with the kids, like using these pliers in Gabe's mouth. 
Cody says, well, they're Gabe's pliers. He handed them to me as if that makes it okay. And Christine says, it doesn't matter. He's how old and you're an adult. It's a no. It's a no. Cody says he doesn't see a problem with it. Here Gabe is using his pliers like toolbox pliers as Cody supervises watching Gabe, who I believe is, is maybe 8 or 10 or 12 years old, yank this tooth out that's really not even loose with these pliers. And he instructs Gabe to hold the pliers and yank because they've got the tooth good now. And to me, this is an F-no moment. Janelle says that when Gabe gets something on his mind and Cody is involved, she has learned to just let it go regardless of what she thinks. Cody explains he isn't pulling out Gabe's tooth. He's holding it with a pair of pliers and having Gabe be the one to use the force and figure out if it's too painful or if it works. And again, all I'm going to say is F-no. I thought it was not the right move. I also thought it was very cringy. But Cody says he would have loved this opportunity when he was 12 to get to yank his tooth out with pliers. Kids would love a lot of things. They would love to drive a car or drive a motorcycle. But just because they'd love to do it, do you let them? I wouldn't have allowed that. But I guess in the end it all worked out, but I just don't see the point in it. It was clearly painful using the pliers, and the tooth wasn't ready in it to come out. It wasn't loose enough yet to come out, so why even do this? It's not something I would allow or I would do, but, I mean, it did work out in the end. Robin is watching this disapprovingly, and Cody says he wasn't pushing it. Gabriel wanted him to do it, and so he let Gabe try, and Gabe says it's okay. And Cody points at Robin and says, she thinks I'm bad now. I'm out of here. He heads to the restroom and Robin says, wow, what a girl. Cody says in the confessional scene that he was willing to pull the tooth out because he's not a, and he pauses and he says, anyways, I think he meant to say the P-U-S-S-Y word, but I'm not really sure. They're headed to Bozeman RV Park, and they're going to chill, and Cody meets another traveler, an older man, who says to Cody, you're the man, you're keeping them all happy about his four wives. And Cody says, all four of them aren't happy today. He tells the guy, Jim, that he meets that instead of military training, he had polygamy training. And the guy asks if there's a special school for that, and Cody says, yeah, the school of hard knocks. The man says it's an interesting way to live and he has enough trouble keeping one wife happy. He doesn't know how Cody keeps four wives happy. Christine and Cody sit together and they have a talk. Cody says that he's sorry that Christine is upset with Ken and upset about how Ken feels about the family. He explains that he came from the same mainstream Mormon LDS church that Ken uh, attended and Ken didn't come from Christine's church or grow up in the FLDS church that practices polygamy. And Cody didn't. And Cody also comes from the mainstream LDS church. He didn't grow up in polygamy either. And he was raised in the same church as Ken. So, and Christine grew up with polygamy her whole life. And she grew up in the FLDS church that practices polygamy. And Christine says in her church, they feared people like that. Because those people have the power to break up their families, outsiders and people who are very anti-polygamy. So growing up in her church, they never trusted outsiders and they feared them. Because if found out that they lived polygamy and plural marriage, it would mean that their dad would be taken away, he would go to prison, and he would never be seen ever again. 
Christine tells Cody that she feels differently than he does. Christine tells Cody that Cody knew exactly how she felt about Ken before he called him. She says she'd be uncomfortable going boating with Ken, knowing how Ken feels about all the wives. She says it would be very uncomfortable and it wouldn't be fun for her. Christine says she is baffled, upset, frustrated, and angry because to her, she can't understand why Cody would be friends and put himself in a situation with someone like that. She tells Cody his continued friendship with Ken is hard for her because Ken is absolutely against Cody having all of his family. It's hard for Christine because she wouldn't tolerate what Cody tolerates and stay Ken's friend if Ken was her friend. She says if she had a friend who was completely against Cody or half the family, she'd cut those people off. She's asking for an apology from Ken for what he said. Cody looks down the whole time when Christine is talking to her. He never looks Christine in the eye. He says, to be fair, maybe he should go to Ken and say, and then he says, even saying it makes his testicles shrink, meaning going to Ken and asking for an apology for his wife would make him less of a man. Just thinking about it makes his testicles shrink. I'd argue that it would make him more of a man to let Ken know what the boundary is, that his wives need apologies, and that if Cody, his wives, and his whole family, and his way of life, and his faith can't be accepted, then they can't be friends. And if he's if he's disrespected or his lifestyle is demeaned again, then they can't be friends. I don't think Ken is really his friend. I find it very interesting to see Cody say his balls will shrink for asking what he deserves from his friend and for asking for the respect he deserves from his male friend who disrespected him and his wives and his family and his faith and his way of life. But with his wives, Cody insists on control and authority and obedience if the wives don't give him his way. He likes to dominate his wives and emotionally abuse them uh, and neglect them in different ways to try to um, inspire them to obey him. But with Ken, he can't be dominant or assertive at all. And with his wives, he considers it disrespect, even the slightest just constructive criticism like what Gabe tried to do with him with the open communication. And when anyone provides even just a slight ego bruise or just constructive criticism, Cody isolates from them and withholds his presence and emotion and communication with the wives. He'll even um, make sex off limits until they change their behaviors. It's all very odd that he manipulates women because he feels superior to them, but other men who actually do flagrant disrespect, he wants to cower to and appease. I can't. I just can't. I think Cody has such low self-worth and self-esteem that he controls women, but he cowers to men who he actually accepts and he allows them to do huge, huge red flags of disrespect with him and with his wives. And I don't understand how he can let that go. If a wife called Cody stupid the way Ken did, would he just cut them off and isolate them? Or would he beg to go boating and call and allow disrespect and allow insults? He's running after a guy who called him stupid, who thinks very little of him, very obviously. And Cody seems to be all in and invested in wanting to chill with Ken and be present with him. With his wives, if they barely graze his ego, he ices them out and calls them disrespectful. And he does that with his kids too. But with Ken, he can just ignore it and chase after a man who treats him with incredible amounts of disrespect. I think that's very interesting in my opinion. Cody says he has to go to his friend and say, 
My wife won't let me play with you anymore if you don't apologize to her. I think Cody is afraid that Ken will perceive him as weak. And for some reason, Cody is very eager to be accepted by someone who has no respect for him and looks down on him and insults him and is very clearly disrespectful. Yet Cody seems incredibly eager and invested to be up Ken's ass and be his friend and to let this go. He is too afraid to talk to Ken like a man and he seems to be intimidated by him. When I think Cody deserves more, if Ken is his true friend, he should be able to talk to him. He's so eager to invest in a shit friend who disrespects him, but his wife make the tiniest ripple of a wave um, to try to just get a little bit of their way. And Cody calls it disrespect and pulls away and immediately does his abusive tactics. And he does that with his kids too. Yet he chases after a guy who disrespects him and he's seeking for some reason acceptance from him. Cody, for some reason, feels superior to his wives and they barely grace his ego. They do something very slight and he ices them out. That's not how a real man with a good sense of self and self-worth behaves. If Cody was truly confident in himself and he knew his value, he wouldn't treat his wives the way he does or run after men like Ken who treat him like shit and treat his wives like shit to boost his ego. And he runs after Ken, a man who looks down on him, blatantly disrespects him, blatantly disrespects his family and his faith and his way of life, and he refuses to address the disrespect, saying that that makes his balls shrink, it makes him less of a man. This is what happens when everything you do is ego-driven and you have really, really low uh, self-esteem deep down inside underneath it all. Cody says if it, if it was over some significant offense... Um, he might be more willing to um, bring the topic up and ask for an apology. But Cody says he's not offended by Ken at all or to the degree that Christina is. So he can't understand Christina and where she's coming from and empathize with her. Robin says she has been around Ken when he is just chilling with his wife and kids. And they are kind and she really has a nice time with them. She understands where Christine's worry and her fear is coming from. But she thinks they have to agree to disagree. Cody tells Christine he doesn't know what to do with this and he's not going to ask Ken for an apology. Christine says she knows that Cody doesn't want to ask Ken for an apology. Cody says he's not going to do it and he doesn't ask for apologies as if it makes him weak to ask for an apology or ask for some accountability to be taken with his wives. Cody says Christine is saying by him being Ken's friend... And then Christine cuts him off and she says she needs Cody to be a champion for their family instead of just going and being Ken's friend. And Cody says, you know what? And he's going to start saying something. And Christine says, that's as simple as it is. I think all Christine wants is Cody to set a boundary with Ken, making it clear never to cross it again and to respect the family. And I don't see why Cody can't at least talk to Ken and say disrespect of my family is a deal breaker. And I, I get you have the best intentions and you fear for my salvation and you believe your faith is right, but I have my faith and my way of life and you have yours and your way and your way isn't more right over mine. If we are to be friends, never cross that boundary again, never disrespect me, my faith, my way of life, my wives or my family. And if you can't accept me as I am and you're going to put me down and do disrespectful and insulting things, then we can't be friends. That's all. Why would that shrink his testicles? Ken was disrespectful to Cody himself. So why is he okay with that? 
Cody's panties are in a knot if his wives don't obey his every whim and bend to him. And he calls it disrespect and disloyalty and his ego gets bruised. And Ken can call him stupid and demean his faith and demean his wives and his family. And because he meant well, it's okay. Cody's acting like a little bitch, when Chris, in my opinion. When Christine tells Cody it's simple, he says it's undermining. He sees it as undermining and Christine doesn't see it as undermining. Christine says it was a great trip before the Ken ordeal. It was very smooth and she doesn't know how to get back to it and go back to the vibe, the good vibe, back to the good vacation pre the Ken ordeal. She feels personally responsible for ruining the vacation. Cody tells Christine he's sorry that she is upset with Ken. Christine says she doesn't know how to get over it because she is so hurt by what Ken said. She's hurt by Cody's continued friendship with Ken and she's very hurt by the whole thing. Cody says again that he's sorry she's hurt. She says she doesn't know how to get over it because the whole thing seems so wrong. Christine says in confessional she's more upset with Cody because he called Ken to come on a family vacation. She asked him to please not call Ken because she's very uncomfortable with him. She doesn't want to do it and he told her he hears her opinion but he's going to call anyways regardless. And it makes her beyond angry. Cody tells Christine because they are married and because on the importance level, she is way up there as his wife compared to an old friend from kindergarten. There is a big difference and he gets it. But Cody says it doesn't make sense to pick between Christine and his friend Ken or to cut off his friend Ken when to Cody, all he did was make a simple, stupid little comment. Cody says Ken isn't his only friend who thinks he is crazy for being a polygamist. He says most of his friends think he is nuts. He tries not to take offense to it because he understands his friends believe that polygamy is really hard and it's not easy. He doesn't understand Christine's line in the sand on this. And he tells Christine as his wife, she's putting him in a place where he has no choice to be honorable without completely saying goodbye to Ken and cutting him out of his life. And saying, hey, listen, my wife has my balls in a sling, and in order for our relationship to be good, I can't be your friend anymore. Cody doesn't feel it's appropriate to cut Ken off as a friend over his petty little comment. He still values the friendship with Ken in spite of the fact that Ken has the attitude of, oh, you polygamists. Christine says at this point in the conversation, they are both already mad and they are at different ends of the spectrum. She says it's impossible to come to any sort of agreement in this situation now. She doesn't mean to put Cody in a position where he feels like he has to choose, but to her it seems like an easy decision to make just for Cody to just ask Ken to just apologize and to explain to Ken that his wives are offended by what he said. Cody said he's glad they had this talk because it wasn't resonating with him how offensive Ken's texts and comments were to Christine. He says it's a moral issue and they are on different sides of it and he wants it to work out. It's not something where he feels he can just cut Ken off and meet Christine's need, and he desperately wants to meet her need, but he just feels he can't do this. Christine asks Cody if Ken knows that what he said was offensive. Cody says, probably, but that's kind of his style. He says Ken is a practical joker and not a malicious person. Christine says it's really frustrating because they ha were having a good vacation until the Ken thing came up, and she feels it made... Everything very, very awkward, and there's a heavy feeling permeating everywhere because of the Ken ordeal. She says there's a heavy feeling, and Cody says it's heavy with her, but he is still having fun. He tells Christine they aren't meeting Ken, Ken isn't coming, 
Cody won't call him again or ever go have fun with him. He doesn't know what to say to this, and she doesn't either. She wanted a good vacation, she says, and Cody says it isn't going to be a bad vacation. Christine says in confessional that she could have handled the situation better. She jokes that that will be on her tombstone, that she could have handled the situation better. I do feel that Christine had every right to feel as she did. I don't know why Cody was so eager to accept the disrespect. If Cody was a man, he'd have a talk with Ken and set boundaries. And if Ken can't accept Cody as he is and his family and his wives as they are, then it should be game over for their friendship. I'm not sure why setting boundaries with Ken would shrink Cody's balls. He didn't have to go about it by saying his wife demands an apology or they can't play at recess together. Cody should only have friends who accept him as is. Otherwise, what is the purpose if they only accept you fully if you change or with criticism of not accepting your faith and your lifestyle and then making disrespectful, demeaning digs about it? That's not a real friendship. Christine had a right to be offended, but if I was Christine, I would probably have handled the situation just a little bit differently, but... Of course, hindsight is different, and when you're a viewer and you're not feeling the emotions, it's going to be different. If I was Christine, I probably would have said my opinion about Ken, and if Ken could have made it boating, I would have just let Cody and the wives go and enjoy their day, and I would have enjoyed so much a day to myself, a day alone of relaxation, no sweat off my back, and at some point when the vacation was over, I would talk to Cody and say it's a very big deal to me that I'm insulted and I would bring it up on my own time with him rather than upsetting the whole energy of the family vacation. I do think Christine had every right to feel disrespected and insulted and Cody shouldn't want a friend who looks down on him for his faith and his lifestyle and how he lives and who asks him to change it. But I would have had everyone go um, if I was Christine and enjoy themselves boating, if Ken was available and I would have stayed behind and just enjoyed my day rather than be upset. And I would especially know that I wouldn't be hurt, especially in a group setting. I think Christine was very triggered because this brought up the fear and anxiety that she felt as a kid growing up that her family would be ripped apart. So Ken being very negative about Cody's lifestyle and about his whole family saying divorce three wives and keep one wife. That probably brought up a lot of old stuff for her and she reacted and it's understandable how it happened and why she felt that way. Christine even admits herself this episode in hindsight she could have handled it better. But it probably brought up a fear that terrorized her as a child and so for her it was bigger than for the other wives. I do find Ken's behavior um, and the comments to be insulting and unacceptable but if Cody and the other wives don't mind then... Let them go boating and stay behind and enjoy your day off and deal with it later privately. I, but I think Christine really took accountability and she said she handled it wrong. She's aware of how her reaction affected everyone and she admitted that. Cody says he won't be bothered by this anymore if it stops right now and they let it go. He smiles and says, we're not going to split up over this. Let's put it that way. Well, they did divorce eventually this season over Cody deciding there would never be intimacy again in their marriage. I wonder if he is still friends with Ken. Next, Mary decides to lighten the mood by having a marshmallow bomb fight. She has Gabe and Aurora soak marshmallows in water and throw them at people. Soaking the marshmallows apparently makes them easier to throw and makes them stick. Cody says it's funny that the empty nester feels safe getting everybody else's children in trouble. 
Tomorrow they're heading to Billings, Montana to meet the Colliers, the polygamist family that they've never met before, that's not in their faith, that they're just going to meet because they share the same lifestyle. Robin is hoping the tension doesn't bleed into them meeting the Colliers with them because the tension has really built up on the trip and she really hopes there aren't any issues around the Colliers. That brings us to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for watching Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. I thought I'd do an extra midweek request episode. So this weekend I can resume with the rewatch where I left off on season one, episode four, because I know a lot of you guys have been anxious for me to get back to reviewing season one and to continue from there. It's so interesting and eye-opening seeing the start of the show when on camera we saw the best foot forward. And still the reality bled through. And we know from this season's tell-all that behind closed doors, off cameras, even back in season one, there were a lot of issues even back then before they left Utah. I look forward to covering episode four this weekend. See you guys then, Saturday or Sunday for that. Thanks so much for watching. Please subscribe, like, and comment away. I love the dialogue and everyone's insights and points of views, and I really appreciate them. And these insights and views from all of you guys help me better decipher what I'm seeing from many different angles and perspectives that I may not have otherwise considered without all of your input. So I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for watching. See you all soon and in the comment section. Bye.